You are listening to the Evolution Exchange, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders here in Asia. I'm Sid, and I'm your host today. And I help connect businesses with tech talent. And yeah, really excited to get this episode going. Joining us today is Kevin Fitzgerald, the MD for Asia at Employment Hero. Employment Hero is a HR tech company that offers a full range of HR technology solutions from payroll to recruitment platforms. And they have experienced tremendous growth since their inception in 2014. Um, prior to this, he was the Chief Revenue Officer at Spendmo and the Managing Director for Zero in Asia. As a quick disclaimer before we you know, jump into the entire podcast, uh, proper um, all thoughts and views um, presented by myself and Kevin uh, are that of their own and not their organization. And yeah, let's jump into it. Today, we'll be discussing the topic of the evolution of the HR function from one that's centered around a lot of processes to one that's centered around uh, people and culture. So Kevin, you know, before we get into the topic fully, uh, you know, tell, tell us and the audience a bit more about yourself and I guess, you know, your, your current role here at Employment Hero. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Great to, to connect a while ago and, and finally set this up and Hello to everybody listening. I uh, really appreciate your time. I guess, I guess for me, in terms of an intro, um, I've been working since 1999. So that probably gives an indicator <laughs> of, of uh, how old I am, but also um, probably at the length of experience, right? Like, and I've worked in Ireland, the UK, Poland, Australia, based in Singapore, but obviously covering Asia. So I've seen a lot of different things and um, experience a lot of different things and, and especially culture and, and human behavior. Um, my role at Employment Hero is to, to grow the business and, and how I usually approach that is ensuring that we have the best people in the right roles at the right time with the best product offering that we can have at that moment in time. You know, products should always be getting better, right? So we never sell, but people should always be getting better. So that's, that's a, a, a big part of the role that I play. Fantastic. So. One of the things that's most noticeable nowadays is the kind of shift in mindset that employees have um, towards their experience in the workplace, right? Um, I think COVID probably had a lot to do with kind of kicking things up a notch. I think previously, you know, mostly it was, you know, the fancy high growth tech companies that were giving, you know, the best employer experience, the best benefits. I think nowadays, you know, people value that part of the um, experience a lot more and that's across the board. And you do see a lot of different organizations from, you know, more traditional industries or even the government agencies, they are taking this part of the um, employee experience a lot more seriously. They're trying to put in a lot more effort to make it better. Um, I guess what it, what's the biggest shift that, you know, you've seen or you've observed? I think, um... Actually, I think it goes back to way before COVID. I think COVID exposed the opportunity. Mm. Um, I, I have this really clear memory of when I worked in Dublin, and it would have been probably about 2008. And I was working for an American bank, right? Um, I was an accountant. I did really enjoy what I was doing. And um, Google have their European headquarters in Dublin. And they, they, uh, I remember them moving into the building across the street and, uh, you know, we were like 10 floors up looking across like at Google, all these people coming in and they actually took two buildings, you know, 
And then a few weeks later, they built a slide between the two buildings. So you can imagine me like, you know, I face against the window in this American bank where I have to wear a suit every day and a tie and, you know, be clean shaven and stuff like that, which was, which was fine. But I was literally looking maybe into the future, right? Like I was like, what is going on? And you see people zipping, you know, across and that was, that was like a long time ago, right? Like 14, 15 years. I think what's happened then is maybe a slow creep transition that suddenly got sped up when we hit COVID. Um, and I think it was really businesses recognizing the obvious thing that like people are absolutely critical to the success of the business. But what I think the better companies did first was figure out how to, I guess, get the best out of their employees, right? Like this, that's ultimately what they're looking at, right? They're looking at bottom line. Yeah. But like, what, what, what's all the things that happened before that? You know, what's the experience? Why should we have all these great initiatives in the office? Old school mentality is very much, <clears throat> um, well, we pay these people and, you know, maybe they're lucky to have a job. Yeah. New school is like, we really want this person to be happy so they do a brilliant job. You know, and it is tied to, to bottom line performance, right? Like it's not it's not about creating a a social environment where people just feel happier to hang out. It is about performance, yeah. I do think um what I've seen and, and when I started in my role at employment here was um I was like, but what do, what do people call themselves nowadays? Like our I guess our target customer, right? Like HR, you know, manager, head of HR, and then I had noticed this before, it wasn't, it wasn't just recently, but I kept seeing people in culture lead, PNC, you know, people experience leader. Um, and I, I did some, I did some searching, you know, under the, the number of roles in the, in the region that have that one, one title or the other. And then I compared the to Australia and the UK and different countries. And there's some really fascinating results in it, right? Like, and I, I, I was probably a bit surprised to see how much of a level of people and culture there was in, in, in titles now, um, especially in this region, in fairness. Like, I think it's it's probably been a little bit behind places like the US or, or Australia. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so why do you think companies really need to focus on this now? Like, I guess, you know, you speak to leaders, HR leaders, people, cultural leaders every day. How do you convey that message? Or what's the message you're trying to convey? It's, it, it's probably less about us conveying the message and more us actually understanding their roles more. You know, we, we really want to hear from the experts, right? Like, and I'd never claim that anybody, you know, on our teams is an expert in, in HR. We claim we're an expert in technology. So we need to understand from uh, those people, like, you know, what's, what are they thinking about each day? What is it the employees are looking for? How do they find ways to measure the performance? Because it, 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 this, this is business, right? Like it's gotta be tied back to performance. Yeah. There's a feel good factor to it. Yeah. Um, and it can have an impact like across the business in a lot of ways, even talent attraction, yeah. right? Like, you know, what do your current employees say to their friends? What do, what do people say about your business externally? Yeah. How many candidates are you not meeting each year because they don't want to meet you because they've heard something negative about your business? Yep. 
like that's an unknown fact, right? Yeah. Like, um, so really for us, the, the, the message that we're trying to interpret is, well, how can we build the best technology to support the goals that you have with your, I would call it people and culture strategy. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think it's interesting what you mentioned about, um, talent attraction. I think that's something that obviously as a recruitment company, uh, we understand the value of very well. Um, because I think, you know, every potential candidate in the market has, has a different way of thinking, yeah. but I think that nowadays you do definitely see like reputation is very important. Um, and mm. you know, if a company has a bad reputation, no matter how good they are, how much money they're willing to give you, people may not be, you know, too willing and you lose out on, you know, probably like the best talent yeah. Yeah. Um, because of that yeah um, so I guess you know if, if there's any anything that, that the organizations can do to, to help them improve that um, you know it's definitely going to be a plus but um, I guess what, what have you observed as some of the ways that companies have been trying to kind of make themselves or market themselves a little bit better yeah it's <clears throat> I actually think that as soon as a company decides to, to like change the, I guess change the brand of HR, right? That's effectively what it, what they're doing, right? Like yeah. they're they're making a committed decision, and hopefully it's from a strategic perspective and not just a naming thing, yeah. to change the I guess the the perception of the human resources team and the direction. And also the like what they're gonna execute on. So typically HR in a traditional company has been where people go when you're in trouble or you're involved in trouble or you're trying to explain yourself, right? Or you have, you know, questions about leave or policies, right? Yeah. It's um maybe I think I said this to you before, maybe it's like the principal's office for a lot of people, like they have, you know, a heightened heart rate if they get invited to a meeting. With, with HR yeah. um, and businesses that I've seen change that to people and culture um, are really thinking about are clearly thinking about their people and people and culture goes hand in hand you know it, it's they're so conjoined it's so important to be really clear to people around culture values expectations but it all comes down to execution right like you can change the name of a division but if you don't have a plan and you deliver on the plan, it's it's just it's basically a HR team with kind of shiny new name, right? Um, for years, tech industries have been our tech the tech industry has been leading the way with I would say making offices fun, you know, like different different things to do, whether it's foosball tables, you know, beer fridges, beer taps, right, like and. I do think some of that works, but I feel like it's a it's a short term serotonin hit. Yeah. You know, it's a feel good factor and it's exciting. And then maybe three, six, nine months later, people are like, yeah, like that's cool, but it's not really what I need. You know, um, so I think really good uh, dedicated strategies to change to people a culture is is important. Um, and I think the ways that people do it is employee engagement. Yeah. It comes down to the simplest thing that humans 
have been doing for a long time, and that is communication. Yeah. Rather than a HR team being somewhere where you go when you feel like something's wrong, that's there's quite a negative perception to it. Businesses are engaging employees and talking to them about their future, their current role, what else potentially is happening in their life, not to pry, like, but just saying, hey, is there anything else, you know, outside of your life that's really important to you that we could help with in terms of structuring your day or your workload or flexibility or anything like that. Um, and, and for me, like I see the best people in culture, leaders and their business partners who just come and speak to people. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a deep and meaningful, right? Like it can be more like, hey, we're going to sit down and figure out, tell me about you, tell me about your role. What do you like doing? What do you not like doing? Why? You know, going deeper into these conversations and that takes time, right? Like it's not just you run it over a two week period and it's done. Like it's consistency because if an employee is used to a HR department bin where you go with a negative perception, it's going to take time for them to trust, yeah. you know, what's happening in the future and open up. Yeah. Um, so communication is absolutely critical to know what's going on. Yeah. I think it also is really important to set the expectation for the employees. And one thing I do say is to, to my team, like, I want to know what you want to do. I want to, I want to know what you think your strengths are. I want to know where you want to develop. It's not on the basis that I will be able to give you everything, but I will do my best to figure out what we can do to help you develop. So it's a, it's a fair trade-off, right? Um, and I think that's really important to do it and like have that expectation. Um, I think the, I think the frills that go with like a good office, they should stay. Like I, I, I do like it, right? Like, and you know, we, we're a funny remote business. I, I share with you that before we all work from home. Um, but it's, it's nice to be in nice surroundings, right? Like I, I am an ex-accountant. Like I worked in a small office with a small, uh, PC, you know, like, and, and there was no Macs or anything, right? Um, it wasn't great mentally and like visually to go in every day and sit there in that kind of environment, right? Like, whereas I think if you come into somewhere where it does have the frills and the business is actually investing in that for, for people, there is a, I think there's a psychological, like, yeah, positivity to it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess on that, right, um, going fully remote, now you see a lot more companies still bringing people back into the office. Yeah. Um, I guess as a fully remote company or for other fully remote companies, how do you continue with that, you know, continuous engagement? How do you keep up with that? Because for me personally, I found that when I'm, if during COVID, when I was working at home mm. uh, alone, uh, it was very hard to like just keep in touch with people i mean it's easy but at the same time it's not as easy as just popping yeah. over your desk yeah. and saying hi yeah right so um and, and some people naturally just don't reach out um if they're online so i guess you you're, you're in that environment now how, how do you tackle that uh, i think i think the headline would be still figuring it out right <laughs> like i think i think the difference with covid though was um we were forced to be to be on our own yeah and now it's more around 
an employee or the or the company making the choice, right? Like, and then you actually choosing whether you want to do that or not. Um, but I'm pretty certain there's probably people in our business that aren't entirely happy with the, the fully remote environment. But I'm also certain that we've hired a lot of people who want to be remote, you know? So it's, it's kind of figuring out that balance. Um, so very timely question, because just this morning we had an update from our people and culture team, along with our L&D team, learning and development. And it was about um, performance reviews. And it, I, I did want to also set some context for, for people in the business and say, um, I personally understand that it's a, it's a challenge to network in the business if you're remote. You know, extroverts will be chatting to everyone and on Slack and doing video calls and, you know, maybe doing like, you know, fun social events with the, with the team online. But there's a lot of people who just don't feel comfortable doing that stuff, right? Um, so it's critical for me that we create an environment where, it, you know, people understand it, it is important to connect in the business. But if you are finding it difficult, you've got to speak to your manager or a colleague and, you know, maybe ask one of them to help like you, you navigate and introduce the different people across the business. So remote, fully remote, definitely needs a different style of leadership. And it also needs a different style of engagement from employees because we don't, we don't want to lose anyone, right? Like we don't want anyone to be, and I, I don't mean to lose as in they leave, like I mean left behind with what's happening in the business because they don't dive into communication. They're more waiting to be yeah. informed. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's fascinating. Like I'm really enjoying it because for me, it's a challenge as a leader, you know, a challenge that I've not really had before. Like COVID was forced on us, but it felt like that was a different scenario and it was very, you know, are employees healthy? Are they okay? How's the shock factor? When is this going to end style? <laughs> and this is now, oh, well, this is actually what we're choosing to do. How do we actually make it the, the best scenario possible? Um, you're you're a natural networker, right? Like you know, in the, in the job that you do, and I've I've done recruitment as well. Um, I think people that aren't natural at that, like, do find it a real challenge in, in remote environments. Um, and we got we got to help them, right? Like as leaders, um, and I have said it. I've said, look, it there is an onus on you, the individual, to make sure you're doing some of it, you know, and we can help with the rest. But don't. Don't become kind of caught up in a um, an unnatural silo, yeah. right? Like where you just end up on your own, or you know, you know your team, but you don't know people in other teams. But you know, they live to let ten kilometers away, right? Yeah, you, know, you want to go have a coffee? Yeah. Go have a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you also kind of organize like regular offsides, or just like you know, dinners, lunches to, to get? The, the team together yeah so how we how we structure it is uh once a month there's a a team budget for a social event so your 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 media team yeah um once a quarter we have country level get-togethers yeah so we'll get say everybody in singapore getting together yeah or malaysia or australia even in australia actually it's in different states because it's so big right um and then once a year we all go away for one week together, the whole company, and it does not does not work, right? Like it's there's probably half a day of work of presentations, but like 
the four and a half days, um, that's just, it's actually to socialize with colleagues and get to know people and give people that opportunity to, I guess, build another level of uh, relationship. So this year in September, 850 of us go to Da Nang in Vietnam for a week. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and you don't have to take annual leave. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another part. Yeah. You know, maybe some of your remote colleagues would just stay there for another week to do Yeah, maybe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, I have been thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. I mean, Hoi An is a beautiful place. Da Nang is also oh, a beautiful place. Right. right. So, <laughs> yeah. Might, might be worth uh, mm. doing it. Um, so, I guess, you know, looking at other industries, HR folks from other backgrounds, I think if you look at maybe banking, you know, it's a bit more very process-driven, very structured. Maybe you look at even way, way further, like logistics, manufacturing, mm. very traditional industries, right? The HR function usually is just there to execute and make sure everything runs smoothly. I guess, how do we get them to start adopting a similar change in mindset or change in uh, approach towards um, people and culture? I, I think first they, they got to figure out what they're trying to fix. You know, like, are, is it appropriate for them, you know, to have a, to have a big change? Because it's, it, it would be unwise to say everybody should have the people and culture later now. Some industries may just not need it, right? Like, and you mentioned, say, manufacturing. Like that, that is a very different operating environment than a white collar job, yeah. Um, and I think when I speak to HR managers and leaders in, in those businesses, it is very much around keeping everything really tight, keeping the, the you know the direction of the business really tight. There's a lot of um, interpersonal management, you know, um, like factory workers, very much shift driven. Um, and I think, I think for them, without having ever worked in a, in a business like that, like it'd be unfair of me to say what, what they need, right? So, but I'd say that they need to figure out like what they actually think would be an improvement. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if all industries would would change. You know, if we were if we were around in a hundred years, like would every would would the term HR be gone, and would it all be people and culture? I, I don't know, right? Right. Um, similar goes for banks. You know, like very regulated environment. You know, I know banks now are probably looking at like the fintech startups and saying, well, "Hang on, are these guys cooler than us?" And they're trying to take our customers as well. Like, what's what's going on? Um, but I do, I do know plenty of the banks actually, yeah. even locally, like it's, there is very strong culture and people in culture leadership initiatives and programs and, um, yeah, again, same thing. What are you trying to solve? Yeah. Right. Like no point just changing the name or making the statement that you're going to suddenly focus on people and then you, you just don't do it yeah. or you don't know why you're doing it because you set out on any pathway of a strategy, not on why, what's going to happen. Yeah, that much, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think what could be an observation from my end is like um, companies, organizations, or industries that are a lot more people intensive or human capital intensive. So people are the main resource, knowledge. Mm. 
getting the best out of them is is the is the primary goal, right? And so for them, having the people and culture function to really drive that um, is useful. So tech people are building products, banking, finance, it's people, you know, running those those things. It's all a lot of knowledge workers. Yeah, blue collar. It, probably a slightly different approach in terms of motivation and you know what really gets them to to do more to follow it's maybe a different kind of uh push factor exactly yeah so, yeah really figuring out what it, what is it yeah and it, look I, I think that might come back to communication i'll ask them and what's the employees want? like what what would how like what would you know put you in a position that would you know ultimately give you much more enjoyment in your role um but the, the, the trade-off in it is you get more enjoyment and we get better performance, yeah. right? Like I think I think some people scared around that a bit and say, oh, we just want to make our employees happy. And I'm like, okay, now you kind of sound like a cult. <laughs> like it, there's got to be like a business outcome because it's a 50-50 thing, right? Um, yeah. Well, how do you get them to measure the business outcome? I think, I, I think measurement comes down to the systems, tools, and processes that you put in place, right? Like to check in on performance, see how things are going. Like if someone has a development plan, it should not be revisited in a year's time, uh, like the annual review. Like it's got to be, you know, a monthly thing, uh, maybe quarterly, depending on the type of work that they do. Um, and really make sure that you commit to it. So that part of that is measurement, right? Um, measurement for the employee, but also the employee actually saying that the business has taken it seriously, right? Um, the system, I guess, is, you know, that that's where our specialty is, right? Like, it's given somebody the tools to be able to execute this. A lot of HR departments we speak to, guessware, like employee data and performance management and all that stuff is, Excel. Like, what, what can you take from that? Like, that's insane, right? Like, and... I used to see that on my accounting days as well. Like it's just a, it's just a repository of information. It doesn't feed you any insights. Whereas, been able to measure it and track performance and track one on ones, and they'd be able to run the reporting on it. Like that's what the systems can do nowadays. Um, and I think that's it's really important for people to understand that when you change and I guess the shape of your your business and and the focus and rolling out a new strategy. If you don't have the right systems, tools, and processes in place, like you're really gonna struggle, yeah. And and measurement is one factor, right? Like how how do you how do you measure success, yeah? So what are some of the tools that I guess Employment Hero has that you know helps helps these um, HR leaders? So we, we we're essentially a facilitator, right? Like so, if the business wants to do, um, you know, performance monitoring, one on ones. Um, regular performance reviews, succession planning, uh, development plans, you can do all that in the system. Yeah. So you can actually use the system to track it. And it's, I, I think that's really important. It's almost like a, it's almost like a system of record because I have seen over the years and I've experienced it where sit down with your manager, tell him or her what you want to do, you know, to take some notes. And then you do it again next quarter, right? Like, and, and, they're, and they're like, oh yeah, I remember you told me like you want to do that. And you're like, yeah, like, like what's happened, right? Whereas, you know, using something like, you know, our platform could track all of that. 
you know, you're putting in, um, you're putting in dates and certain things, you're measuring it, you're checking in and it's, it's accountability, right? Like for both the manager and the, the employee. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay. So if you had to, you know, pitch employment hero <laughs> in one minute to anyone listening, right? Yeah. What would you say? I'd say, um, we are we don't really focus, like people describe us as a HR tech platform mm. with payroll and with employer record. We view the world differently. We're looking at the employee experience, right? Like what, what are all the tools that we need to give an employee and their business um, to make them successful in the role and, and pretty much make employment easy. You know, like we wanna be the world's largest employee platform. Fantastic. Um, I guess, you know, all the best in scaling Asia. I think it's, you know, really early days and, you know, you've got some competition, but I think, you know, you guys stand a very good shot. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to see you grow, uh, in, in Asia. And yeah, I think, you know, that's all the time we have for today, but, you know, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and insights. I hope that you know, our listeners did gain something from this. And, you know, if you're an HR leader, that's um, taken away something positive and you want to reach out, please feel free to connect with Kevin. I'm surely more than happy to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for, you know, more podcasts. Um, my next episode should be coming out in probably a couple of months. So yeah, see you guys soon. Take care.